Hi guys, welcome to the Kingdom Podcast. This is episode two, let's get hype. Um, this episode's gonna look a little bit different than uh, previous episodes, or I guess previous episode. Um, I got a lot of feedback from you guys, and there's some stuff I noticed too. For one, the music was too loud in the past video. Um, this time, instead of having it just playing in the background, I'm actually going to add that audio file to the track, which is what I should have done. It just is so much more work. <laughs> um, I'm not complaining. I love this. Like I said, it's a passion project. But I was trying to cut out some time here and there, and it ended up hurting the quality, so I'm sorry. Um, I also got a lot of other really useful feedback. I was a little too monotone on that last one. I'll probably end up falling into that monotone voice again. I'm sorry. Um, I guess if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. I'll try to add emphasis on stuff that really is important. Um, there's a lot of other feedback I got from you guys that I'm just gonna kind of be implementing and see if you even notice. Um, people were wondering about the music choice last time. It was a copyright-free lo-fi playlist that I found. I've kind of said fuck it to the copyright thing. Um, I'm sure I'm going to get a strongly worded email from my partner, but it's okay. You know, for now we'll deal with it. These first few episodes are going to be test episodes anyways. Um, me getting into the routine me kind of figuring out some of the last technical stuff, figuring out what you guys like, what I like, what works for both of us, to set this vibe that I'm really trying to create, to kind of help build our community up a little bit. I think overall a test run is better and then I'll fully launch it or actually launch it with a new episode one, um, probably with a official episode zero, that type of stuff. It's kind of still in the air, don't hold me against that, who knows, maybe I'll just keep running with it. Um, we'll kind of see where it goes. Today we have some Pokemon lo-fi going on in the background, for any of you Pokemon fans out there. Um, I feel like it's kind of fitting, because this episode, our first topic is games and video games and how they've affected me. Um, kind of my stories with them, some of my favorite games, all the like. We'll go ahead and start right off. Um, I hope you guys are having a great day. Sorry, left that out the intro. I love you guys. Hope you had a fantastic day, because each and every one of you deserve it. Um, back to the topic now. Um, I think where I really got my start with gaming was... Uh, that's hard. Um, I think Pokemon, you know? And that actually wasn't planned. <laughs> Play, I just love Pokemon music and it tends to fit into the lo-fi genre pretty well, so I figured it was fitting for this podcast. Um, at least for this episode. If you guys love it, hate it, again, let me know. Feedback is always appreciated. Um, yeah, I think it was Pokemon on uh, DS. I didn't really know what I was doing too much. Um, 
That was back before I could read, if that gives you kind of a time frame. I can't give you an exact age, because I don't remember either. Um, I just remember sitting in my floor in my room with my DS, having horrible Pokemon. I had no idea how to play. Again, I couldn't read, so I kind of had to guess what they wanted me to do. Um, I think I got... It, I remember I was playing Pokemon Platinum, and I don't think I ever got past the second gym. I think I got lost in a route and had no idea where to go, but ugh, I played that for months and months and months, despite not knowing where I was going. I would just run around in the grass, fight random Pokemon, the breeders, um, you could fight once a day, so you could refight those trainers. That was always fun. I, uh, one of my sister's friends back then who actually knew how to play, my sister is 10 years older than me, um, he would come over and he eventually taught me how to get past, um, but he traded me some really strong Pokemon, because you know, I was a kid, and I've obviously had horrible, horrible po- if it looked cool, I was gonna get it. That's pretty much what it came down to. <sighs> to this day, actually, I still play Pokemon, for the nostalgia mostly, but also, it really is a fun game. Um, kind of create your own character almost, you build your team, just, I don't know, I feel like there's so much replayability in the games, and I can play it over and over again and really never get bored, because the game changes every time, you're always playing with new Pokemon, you always come across these new random encounters, you check out this new nook and cranny, you go to get this item, you go to get that item. Oh, I need this move? Oh, let's go find out where it is, or who teaches it to me. It's this whole RPG type element that I just kind of fell in love with. Um, I'd have to say that was probably my first game that I was really, really into. Really, the first game I ever played. Uh, right around that time, I would watch my sister play games on the GameCube and the original Xbox. Um, some of the highlighted games were, especially on the GameCube, oh, Super Mario Sunshine. That game has my entire heart, and it is, to this day, my favorite game of all time. It was beautiful. It followed up uh, Super Mario 64 on the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, and a lot of those fans actually hated it. It, the graphics were above its time, which people would praise it for, but the gameplay didn't have a horrible amount of replayability. Um, it was based on an island, so like it kind of had that gimmick-type feel. They felt like they had kind of been cheated out of a real Mario game. It was more of like a, oh, here's this to satisfy your hunger. But for me, that game was my childhood. And if you really sit down and play it, it is an amazing game. 
there's not a whole lot of storytelling, but the gameplay itself is beautiful. You feel good playing, it makes you feel kind of happy. You're on a tropical island fighting paint monsters with their little water gun attached to your back. That's fucking awesome! Like, you can use that little water gun jetpack thing to hover in the air, or you can get a rocket attachment, shoot into the air, you can get a super fast attachment, you go super fast! It's, it was a really cool game, and I used to watch my sister play that all the time. Luigi's Mansion was up there too. That game's kind of resurfaced. Um, the past three or four years, they've been making remakes for the 3DS and whatnot, which I think is super cool. I love to see old titles finally come back into the limelight, get the recognition they deserve. The original Luigi's Mansion meant a lot to me. Um, Mostly, again, because of that nostalgia. It... It kind of scared me as a kid. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, it's a game based off a haunted house and ghosts. Despite the ghosts and haunted house not being scary in the least bit. But I was like four, you know? <laughs> again, couldn't talk. Or couldn't read. I could definitely talk. Could not read. Um gave me struggles understanding a lot of stuff in it, but, you know, that's just kind of part of playing games. Especially when you can't read. Uh, Voodoo Vents on the original Xbox, that was super fun. I don't remember what it was called, there was a snowboarding game that I loved too, that was on the GameCube, I believe. Um, Harry Potter, and, uh, shoot, Order of the Phoenix had that on the GameCube, that was super fun to watch. Again, I didn't play any of these, at least not back then. I've played them all now on my own time, for nostalgia's sake, and I love them. They're very close to my heart. Uh, Munch's Odyssey, that was a huge one. Oh, if you guys haven't heard of any of these games, um, and you're into games, especially older games, you should give them a... Go check them out quick. They are really, really awesome. Um, obviously, I'm biased. They probably a solid 70% of those games are probably really, really bad, and I only consider them good because of the nostalgia and memories I have with them. But I don't know. I feel like they're definitely. They're definitely underrated games. I feel like, minus Luigi's Mansion, which has gotten its... It's recognition. I feel like the rest of them just kind of fallen under the radar. Um, like those old Harry Potter games, those were super fun. It was practically like you were playing the movie. Um, and I know those types of games where like a movie will come out and then they'll release a game with it, or a game will come out. Um, like before the movie will, but it's following the movie almost to a T. That type of stuff. Um, I guess Harry Potter was really the first one I played, and I loved it. Um, Kirsty used to get super frustrated. Looking back, she was horrible at games, because she was, what, 16, 17? And now back then she would have been like 14, 15, 16. Um, 
she would have like she would have trouble beating a level in Super Mario Sunshine or something, or Luigi's Mansion. But like nowadays, I can run through those games with like my eyes closed. They're not difficult games. I mean, they're mostly meant for kids. So it's kind of funny looking back, being like, "Oh, you got this, Kirsty." It would take us like hours to beat a single level. But that's kind of the fun of it, you know? Those memories of, oh, I remember how hard this level was. And then you go in to replay it and you beat it on your first try in like three or four minutes. And you're like, wow, I was just horrible back then, huh? Oh no. Kind of random little things. Where's some other big games? I think that's about it for childhood, to be honest. Um, once I started getting a little bit older, I got into Bakugan, if any of you remember that. They were these little uh, sphere balls that if you put it on something metal or the cards had a little thing in it and they'd pop open. And there was a TV show about it too. I loved the TV show. That's why I got into the um, actual collecting of them. And then eventually I found out there was a game for the DS. Um, I played so much of that. I played so much of that. Like, I was probably playing like five or six hours a day of it every single day for a solid year. It got to the point to where I would take it into the bathtub with me and play it while I was bathing. I would play it at the dinner table. Oh, actually, speaking of the bath, I used to have a DSi. Um, I dropped it in the bathtub and my mom lost her shit. She was like, why were you playing that in there? You should have known better. What if you got electrocuted? What if something had happened to you? Blah, blah, blah. I just remember watching it slip out of my hands and immediately going to try and save it, but it had already went into the tub. I pulled it out, the screen worked for like three or four seconds and then it just cut off. Could never get it to turn back on. Somewhere I still have that DSi because I kept it for memory's sake. Um, I think it's in my closet in a box. I could be wrong. That brings back memories though. I just remember sitting there being like, oh, go Draco! Yeah! looking up the cheat codes and typing them in at the very beginning of the game when it asked for your name. I would do that. Again, I was a little bit older at this point. I could read, thankfully. Um, that was a really fun game. I really enjoyed that. I haven't played that in so long or thought about it. Easy, man. Shortly after that little Bakugan craze, 
I would go back and I finally learned how to play uh, Super Mario Sunshine, um, Voodoo Vents, Munch's Odyssey, all these games that I used to watch my sister play and just couldn't understand. Um, I finally got back to and enjoyed to their fullest. And that was a lot of fun. I know I keep saying that, but I'm literally sitting here with the biggest, stupidest smile on my face, just even thinking about, you know, playing those games. That's how much I enjoy them. Played those games for a couple years, and right around that time, I would have been eight, and we were going to move, and that's when I moved to Columbia, actually, where I live now. When I moved to Columbia, I met uh, Maya, my next-door neighbor. She was right the same age as me, lives right across the street. Um, we instantly got along super well. We started playing every day, whether it was in the alley, playing kickball, um, looking at our Pokemon cards, playing Pokemon together. I got her in a Pokemon. That was super fun. I had a friend Jackson back then, too. Uh, he would come over and all three of us would fight and Pokemon battle battles. That was a huge thing for us back then. Oh, I remember Jackson was undoubtedly better than me. Not because I didn't under I didn't really have a grasp of Pokemon. I didn't understand the types or stuff. I just kind of played it because I loved it. I never really wanted to get good at it. I never understood you could get good at it. Right around that time with Jackson was when I started to get competitive in Pokemon, and it almost makes me laugh saying that. Because everyone's like, oh, Pokemon's a game for kids. Oh, fuck you. I don't care. If I enjoy it, I'm gonna do it. Like, I really... <laughs> but so I started getting competitive. Um, I even went out and bought a book about, you know, a guidebook. Back then we were playing Pokemon Black and White. That was so much fun. I remember after a while of us battling um, and me reading that book, I started to actually get good. Started to be able to take some W's against Jackson. Um, Maya was pretty good too. I just remember Jackson always feeding me. That <sighs> was a long time ago. What, I would have been nine, ten? It's, damn. It's a while back now. I remember one time specifically, Jackson had discovered the GTS. And for anyone who isn't a dork and still plays Pokemon, um, or if you've never played Pokemon, discovered the GTS. GTS stands for Global Trade System. Pretty much what it was is you could send a Pokemon up um, in the description, or in this little fill-out boxes, put the Pokemon you want, if you want a certain gender, blah blah blah, and you'd send it off, and it would sit there sometimes for hours, sometimes for days, weeks, months, and eventually someone who was on there just browsing would be like, oh yeah, 
I want a Pikachu. I'll give you this. And in that Pikachu's description, it's like, oh, I want a Squirtle. He goes, trades a Squirtle for that Pikachu. Both people get what they want. Um, it's a, It was actually a really cool system. They don't have it in modern Pokemon games. I kind of wish they did. And by modern, I really mean Sword and Shield. It was... I think the first game where they took it out. I can't remember if Sun and Moon had it. I know X and Y and Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire did. I can't be too sure on the other ones. Um, I know all the ones before that did, but like I said, Sun and Moon and Ultra Sun and Moon and Sword and Shield um, definitely did not which kind of sucked. But I remember Jackson had discovered it first. I didn't even know this was a thing. I didn't even know how to connect to the internet on my DSi. Whenever we were in battle, we would just do the little local thing or type in our friend code or whatever. It was super cool. Um, but he had discovered it and he had somehow managed to get six Zekroms, which were a legendary Pokemon. Um, meaning a very, very, very strong Pokemon. Normally, you only get one or two per game. He had an entire party of six. I was going in being like, oh yeah, I just thought of this new strategy. I've been training this Pokemon. Um, went in, got my ass handed to me by six Zekroms. I, I don't even think I took one out. Um, it was brutal. No, I did take one out because I had one legendary Pokemon on my team. Don't remember which one it was. I think it was also a Zekrom. Could have been a Reshiram. I think it was a Zekrom though. I think I was able to take one of them out finally with another legendary Pokemon, but I didn't even get close to beating him. I just remember the frustration of sitting in my room being like, Jackson, that's not fair, you're cheating. <laughs> I'd make up any excuse, dude. I hated losing to Jackson. I hated losing to Mai even more because we were super similar in skill level and so I almost got more competitive. So when I would lose by, if I would lose against her, I'd be like, God dang it. And I'd just get super upset because like I know I could have won. With Jackson, like that Zekrom match, there is no way I was winning. There, it just wasn't possible. And like, I understood that. That's another reason why I was upset, I'm sure. But yeah, I played Pokemon with them for a few years. Um, that was really fun. I forget how old I was. I think I was 11, maybe 12. hard for me to say because I really don't remember that well but I remember using my birthday money and going and getting my first console my first very own console my family had had an Xbox 360 um, but it was one of those ones I got the red ring of death for those of you who remember it the red ring of death was when you would go to press the power button to turn it on, 
instead of the green little ring showing up and it turning on, this red little demon ring would pop up around it and you wanted to smash your Xbox because you knew if it happened, that Xbox was broken. You could never do anything about it. It was some technical error. I actually still to this day don't really know what it was. I just remember hating it. I think we even sent it off to Microsoft and paid to get it fixed for like $100, $200 or something because they were expensive when they first came out. They were really expensive. And I remember it coming back and it worked for a few weeks and then it happened again. And at that point, my parents were just like, yeah, no, we don't care that much. You guys don't play it anyways. Go play with the Wii, go play with the GameCube. Um, and me and my sister didn't use it that often. Um, it was originally supposed to kind of be a console for the family to play. Be like, oh, we can all play these racing games together, blah blah blah. Um, it never turned into that. We bought it, played it together like once, and then occasionally me or Kirsty would get on it. Um, but that had the Red Ring of Debt, so once for my 11th, 12th, 13th, I don't know, somewhere around there. It wasn't middle school. It was still an elementary school, so I couldn't have been that old. I remember getting my first Xbox 360. It was an Xbox 360 Slim 4GB edition. I remember that specifically to this day. And I kinda, obviously, the Xbox 360 had been out for a while. I bought mine used. Um, from GameStop and GameStop was having a deal where if you bought one you got any two free games of your choice with it out of the pre-owned section. So I remember going and looking through them not really being able to pick because you know I hadn't really played or heard of any of those games. None of my friends had 360s. Um, this wasn't a super big thing in my life yet. I remembered some of my sister's um, guy friends talking about Halo. So I got Halo 3 and I got Halo 4 um, as my two games. And, you know, I was a kid. I was like, oh yeah, these games, you're supposed to play them in order. So I started with Halo 3. I loved that game. Holy crap. I would play that game so, so much. It was my first shooter, it was my first console game. I was horrible at it. It taught me how to play. Um, I loved it. I played that for like a year before I even touched Halo 4. So I was like, oh, well, I love Halo 3. Um, no, I remember what happened. I kept playing Halo 3 because I tried to play Halo 4 and my disc had a scratch or something on it so I could get to the end of the first mission and then it would freeze every single time. It was this part where a grunt was running up to you with two grenades in hand about a suicide bomb you. And right at that moment, every single time it would freeze. The free game I'd gotten didn't work. And I mean, at that point, I'd been playing Halo 3 so long, it's not like I can go back to GameStop and be like, hey, you sold me a faulty game. 
And I loved Halo 3 enough that I didn't really care. I was like, oh well, I guess I'll just go play more of Halo 3. I would play the campaign missions. I would dabble in a little bit of online, if you would. Um, that was that was quite a bit of fun. I enjoyed that. Uh, eventually, I ended up going out and buying a different Halo 4 disc because um, I really wanted to play it. I loved Halo 3 so much. Um, I wanted to play Halo 4. When I went out and bought the new Halo 4 disc, I also bought Halo Reach and Combat Evolved for the 360. Those were tons and tons of fun. Combat Evolved um, was super confusing because that's the original Halo and they didn't really give you much direction of where to go. I think I got lost on the first mission. Um, I ended up figuring it out, but I just, in general, didn't have a super fun time with Halo 1. Halo 3 had a ton of fun with. Halo 4, I enjoyed the campaign. It wasn't the same as Halo 3 for me, so I kind of pushed it away some. Halo Reached, I loved. That was an amazing game. I think if I had to sit back with an unbiased opinion and pick which Halo game was the best, I think it'd be Halo Reach. Uh, the studio put a lot of work into that to try and... Because 343 had just picked it up from Bungie and they really wanted to make a good impression on everyone. And they definitely did with Halo Reach. It was a fantastic game. Um... Halo 4, once I got into middle school, I played a lot of. I would play it with the crew clan. Um, one of my friends, Cameron, was super into it. Um, Augie was super into it. Eli... Eli never got into that, actually. I take that back. Kailash, he got super into it. That was super cool. I remember I would always play with them, but I was the only one to never change my name and join the clan. Augie was Crew 2 Blue. Cameron was Crew 2 Cam. Kai was Crew 2 Kai. And I was Wrathful Frame 31. <laughs> yeah, that, that stayed my name for a while. Um... I kind of had a thing about never wanting to change it. There's nothing wrong with that. I wish I would have changed it. Looking back, it was super cringy. But I mean, that's fine. Got into that. Played so many custom maps and multiplayer matches with them for a long time. Not long. Uh, most of sixth grade. And then Destiny came out. Bungie's newest and best MMORPG first-person shooter. Um, it's a fantastic game. Launched in November of 2016, I want to say. Could be 2014. I don't know. I remember it was in November, though, because I didn't get to play it until like a week or two after it released. Cameron was the first one in our group to get it, and he loved it. He would not shut up about it until I bought it. I really only went out and got it 
because he kept wanting me to play with them. And I do not regret it at all. I played that game so much. Year one was amazing. There are no limits. You could go, you could one shot body shot kids with sniper rifles. You could two tap kids with a thorn. You could kill a kid in under a tenth of a second with the last word. The Vex Mytho happened. When the raids dropped out, it was huge. Everything was new. No one knew anything about the game, but everyone was having such a fun time learning. It was a completely new community that came out of nowhere. I met a lot of new friends from it. Um, at this point, the Crew 2 clan, after the Halo 4 days ended, Kazi, the leader of the clan, went to college, and the Crew 2 clan kind of started a fall. Um, so Cameron and Kai and them would play more with me. That was super awesome. I remember the Crew 2 clan stayed pretty prominent in Destiny up until up until year two. So for the first year the game was out, um, the Crew 2 clan was still pretty big. I played a lot of solo because they would all be playing together and I would just kind of go and do my own thing, trying to keep up with them. They would be go be doing all the raids and whatnot, which you have to have six people to do. Six of your friends, it doesn't like match you with people. Um, you have to individually invite your own five other friends if you want to participate. And that was kind of hard, you know, being a middle school kid. I don't know anyone to play with besides the four or five friends that I have at school. And they were all playing with each other and their clan and I always refused to join the clan. It kind of came back to bite me, my, bite me in my ass, I guess. Um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. After a while, uh, like I said, the Kuchu clan started to fade. They started to play more with me. Year two, that's when I really peaked. Um, I got super, super into Destiny. I already was, but like, I got good at Destiny. I would just be literally shitting on kids in the Crucible. I got into the top 5%. I was really, really good. I loved that game. Um, created my own clan with Kai. That was super fun. We called, a, we called ourselves the Original Sins. It was the first time I changed my gamer tag. I was the Sixth Sin Wrath. I was the leader. Um, Kai was the Seventh Sin Greed. Uh, Augie was the First Sin Pride. There was the Second Sin Lust. No one ended up taking that until after I stepped down from the clan. Um, the Third Sin Sloth. The fourth sin, the third sin, sloth was Clyde. Fourth sin, envy. That one also wasn't taken until after I left. The fifth sin, gluttony. That was Connor, otherwise known as um, Brayden. I always called him Connor just because it annoyed him. Um, not to bully him. His name used to be Cooner Cobra Cat, and. It was Cooper Cobra Cat, or something, 
And I remember the first time I met him and played with him was, um, I accidentally called him Connor, and it just kind of stuck, and I just continued calling him that. But yeah, I played Destiny all the way up until really the end of my freshman year. Maybe even a little bit past it. I mean, I still go back and play from time to time. I remember towards the end of Destiny, I went and checked. I shit you not, I had 62 days. No. I had 62 days of playtime on just one of my characters. I remember total, it was a way bigger number. It's in the hundreds. I don't remember exactly. Let me do that quick math here, though, for you guys. Um, 62 days times 24 hours. 1,000. 488 hours in a single game on a single character. I played that game endlessly. Um, I loved that game. I still do. It's my most played game of all time. Um, probably the game that I got most into. I got competitive in it. I got really good in it. Um, kids would pay me to there's this competitive game type called Crew or called Trials of Osiris. Um, you had to get seven or nine straight wins, and if you did, you would get to go flawless, and you'd get the super super rare gear, and it pretty much meant you were the best of the best in Destiny. Um, kids would pay me via PayPal, and then I would log into their Xbox account and go through and win um, for them, because I could do it pretty consistently, and that was super cool. Um, just being skilled at a game, especially because you invested that much time into it, it was just, it was satisfying for me. Um, really enjoyed that. Then Destiny 2 came out. I played that for a month, month or two, and then I ended up giving up on it because I didn't like the game. Um, there are a lot of flaws with it, stuff that I loved about Destiny 1, just it wasn't in Destiny 2. All the guns were balanced, so there was no meta, there was nothing to chase after. Um, there wasn't random rolls, meaning you couldn't grind for like a really, really good version of a gun. Every version of that gun was the same. Um, I just feel like the content wasn't there. They took out the replayability of it, they took out that feeling of, Oh yeah, I'm fucking awesome. And I loved that feeling. Because it's that feeling of when, oh, this kid easily could have won, except for the fact I turned around and no-scoped him with my no-land beyond. Like, it's just... It was an amazing feeling. So after Destiny 2 flopped, I really kind of got out of gaming. Because right around that time, too, um, I stepped down from my clan as the leader, 
I had some skirmishes between Kai, Kailash, who was the co-leader at the time. Um, and really, I kind of just lost my passion for gaming after that. I've never been as into it as I was back then, at least. I guess I can say that. Obviously, I still game. I still will go and play Pokemon, go and play Rust. Um, you know, I'll, I still tinker around with games. I'll play good story games and whatnot. Um, new Halos, when they come out, I play those. Halo 5, when that came out, played the hell out of that. Halo Wars 2, when that came out, played that. Halo Infinite's going to be coming out soon. Looking forward to that. Um, all fun stuff, you know. There are some other topics I wanted to touch on in this episode. Um, but now that I've filled 40 minutes up with just gaming, I feel like... Anyone who's stuck around this long is really only here for the gaming part of it. Um, so, I think I'm just going to cut this episode a little bit short here in like 5 or 10 minutes. Um, I say a little bit. Um, go ahead, just cut it short. Kind of... I don't know. I would feel bad going from talking about games for 40 minutes straight and then go and try and talk about mental health or something like that and then talk about it for five minutes. Um, I kind of want to start devoting more times to topics and ideas, kind of giving my own personal story on them, like I did for this episode, kind of my history with gaming. Um, that way in the future, if I ever bring up, you know, be like, oh yeah, blah 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 Pokemon in a different podcast you guys are like oh yeah he played Pokemon as a kid didn't he you know I kind of want to start getting that way with a lot of the big topics that we're going to be covering frequently um kind of giving you guys my history so you guys can learn more about me I feel like it'll make your guys' listening experience better later on now, real quick while I'm trying to think of another topic, I'm going to get a quick little Nick fix if you don't mind me. Enjoy some fire Pokemon lo-fi in the meantime though.
if any of you are curious, this specific song is from Pokemon Diamond and Pearl. It's the Pokemon League theme. Um, it's a, obviously a lo-fi remix of it. Um, I hope you guys like the Pokemon music. I know it's a little different than the normal lo-fi. Um, obviously it kind of sounds like it's from a game in some parts. The very, very beginning especially. Um, that stood out to me. Figured I'd go ahead and apologize for that. But I do hope you guys like this episode. Um, episode 3 will be coming out tomorrow night or Friday night or Saturday night. Um, I can't give you an exact day. But whenever the next episode does come out, please check it out. I'm going to have a guest star on with me. A guest host, if you would. Um... He's a fantastic person, real good friend of mine ever since 6th grade. His name's Eli. Um, if we get lucky, maybe I'll put Augie on that podcast too. I feel like each of them kind of deserve their own though. And those ones, we're going to go over more stuff about them, and then I'll bounce off of them and tell you a little bit more about me. Um, again, I'll try to have topics wrote down. Um, just so that way we can get a more consistent feel, kind of like this one. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. If you disliked it, um, please let me know. If there's anything I can change, please let me know. If there was anything you liked about the last one that I didn't do in this one, again, please let me know. It helps so much, you guys. You have no idea. Because I'm completely going off of your guys' feedback on these. Because um, otherwise, I don't know what's wrong with them. Um, I'm currently doing them the best way I think is possible. But because I have no experience with this, I'm probably doing it very poorly. So your guys' feedback of what you guys want and what you guys like is helping me improve. So I appreciate that. Again... Thank you guys again for listening. I hope you have a great day, great night. Um, I hope I was able to set a good vibe for you guys. Please check out the next episode. It should be really exciting, really, really cool. Again, first episode with a guest host. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy. I love you guys. I'll see you guys next time.